Hey there, this is Larry, and I'm here with Armin. You're about to listen to a great episode. But before you do, we want to let you know that we're now podcasting over at the Bold Idea Podcast. That's right, and we're not adding any new episodes to Reinventure Me, but we think you're really going to like what we're doing on the Bold Idea Podcast. We're interviewing some great guests and packing ideas and inspiration to help you put your faith to work to bring your idea to life. So when you're done with this episode, go check it out at boldideapodcast.com. Episode 88 of the Reinventure Me Podcast. If you got it inside you, imagine what might happen when you take the risk to put it out there. We're going to talk to Molly Kate Kessner, a small town girl who took a risk that went viral. Find your next great beginning. Welcome to the Reinventure Me Podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Well, hello and welcome to episode 88 of the Reinventure Me Podcast. This is your co-host, Larry Gates. And Armin Asadi. Uh, along with Armin, and we have a special guest on today's show, don't we? We do. A viral sensation. Viral sensation. Blew up. Yeah, so viral sensation that blew up. We interviewed Molly Kate Kessner. We're going to start that interview here in just a second. But Molly is a young lady, all of 19 years old, yeah. who took a risk to put something out there. And yeah. we want to share with you what she put out there because it was raw. Yeah. And it was done for a family event. You'll hear about that. And here's a snippet of her recording his daughter. There is a God out there who heard my prayer. I was lost and afraid. And I had nowhere else to go. Well, Molly Kate Kessner, welcome to the Reinventure Me podcast. Hi, glad to be here. So glad you're here. That was the song that kind of started it all for you. Yes, yes it is. <laughs> I just looked it up today. 13 and a half million views and counting. His daughter on YouTube, the original song. No big song. deal. No big deal. Yeah. Holy cow. I have 21 views of a video I put on YouTube. <laughs> you think you have four more than me? Yeah. I don't know. Does, do you have to get to 50 views before they start showing the ads? Uh, I, I don't really know, to be honest. You'll well, get there. I, I just thought that's that's great, and it's so wonderful for you to take time to be on our podcast. We know that you are very active. We're going to get into that, but I'm I'm kind of curious. This song, his daughter, is something that kind of went viral. But at some point in time, 
you sat down at home. There's a conversation going on. It sounds like in the kitchen table mm-hmm. <laughs> behind you or around the corner oh, or whatever. Yeah. And a slightly out of tune piano, mm-hmm. and you decide you put your iPhone up on the on the ledge there, and My you just decide iPhone. your cracked <laughs> iPhone. Yeah, it was cracked. The whole screen, the whole screen was shattered. So That's hilarious. <laughs> so yeah, you just decided. How old were you at the time? Oh gosh, I was eighteen. Yeah, and you're nineteen yeah. now, right? Yeah. Boy, a lot yeah. changes in a year, doesn't so, it? Yes, yes, it does. <laughs> so you, you put your iPhone, your cracked iPhone, up on your piano, and you decided you're going to record this song and post it to YouTube. What was going on in your mind then? You know, was that just for friends or for you or yeah. what was your thought? Well, it was also Easter Sunday. I thought I should add that in there. So my whole family was over in the dining room just next to me. And honestly, the only reason I felt like I should put it up is because I had just performed it for my senior recital and it got a good response. And so my mom was like, oh, you should put it up because I have family in Ohio. And Oh, and they'd like to um, see it. Sure. Yeah. And so she's like, put it up on Facebook and then we'll share it with the family and they can see it. Sure. So if I had known what was going to happen, I probably wouldn't have recorded it on my cracked iPhone with my out-of-tune piano <laughs> on Easter Sunday. You know, but I but, think every parent now is encouraging their kids oh to go gosh. put their... Seriously. Like, I'll put that up on YouTube now. Oh, my gosh. I know. So at some point in time, it went from one or two views to what? When did you first notice it was starting to take off? You know, I feel like it seemed so gradual that I didn't realize what was happening until it had actually happened. I came home from school the next day and... I had a lot of notifications on my Facebook. So I was like, oh, what's that all about? And I checked the video and it has a couple thousand shares. And so I was like, wow, that's super cool. And didn't really think anything else of it. And then the next day I wake up and I have 500 notifications on my Facebook. And I'm like, what in the world is this? (laughs) And I look and it's got like 10,000 shares now. And wow. At that point, I talked to my brother and he's like, you should put this on YouTube because if it's doing well on Facebook, you could put it on YouTube and people could just go there to see it. So more people would be able to see it. And so I did that. And then I don't know if it was the next day or a few days later, it just kind of exploded out of nowhere. The guy who played Sulu in Star Trek. George Takai? Yeah, George Takai shared it on his Facebook page, and he has like 7 million followers or something. Holy cow. And he said something like, this song made me tear up, like this is the next Adele, like very positive words on it. And he put the YouTube link on his Facebook page. So that's what really made things start getting more views and there's like a few different people like jordan sparks and ashley judd and wow people who just like i i had no connection with i had nothing to do with it but they saw it and shared it and just all of a sudden i was getting calls from news stations like good morning america and abc world news and it happened so fast but yet i think because so much was happening it felt like it was going so slow when I was in it. Yeah, because almost this tornado, right? Yeah, and I didn't sleep for like a month. So, (laughs) because, well, and when that happens, it's like, you're used to checking your phone for notifications every once in a while, but no one's used to checking their phone and literally getting hundreds and hundreds of notifications every time they refresh their page. And so it was so overwhelming that 
at first I didn't really know how to deal with it. Mm. And so I felt like I couldn't go to bed because I was missing opportunities to reply to people who had reached out to me. Well, everybody wanted to be a friend now. Right. And I think because his daughter is such a deep and hopeful song that a lot of people connect to, a lot of people connected to me and wanted to reach out to me because they thought I understood exactly what they were going through. Mm -hmm. And I kind of had to come to this point where I realized, okay, I'm not their savior. I'm not Mm -hmm. their counselor. I put this song out there and God has to do the rest in Mm -hmm. their heart. I can't save every single person. And that was a hard thing for me to come to just because I'm someone who naturally, like I love to give people an advice. I love to help them. I love to counsel people. And so it just was very overwhelming and very emotionally draining for me. Oh, I'll bet. Yeah. So this came on like within a month, you were getting inquiries from... Oh, within like a week. It was so fast because I put the video up April 20th was Easter Sunday. And by the first week of May is when I got a call from Good Morning America. So it went so fast. And it was the end of my senior year. And I just had no idea what to do. What did your friends think of all this? You know, you got your high school pals and it's always an awkward time, I think, in high school because everybody's kind of jockeying for popularity and it's, you know, you're in high school and are you the popular kid in high school? And here's this girl, (laughs) Austin, Minnesota, right? And like 99.9% of the planet doesn't realize there's an Austin in Minnesota, right? right? (laughs) Right. And and you're this girl from Austin, Minnesota. And I'm just wondering, how did your friends react to, or maybe even some of the people in high school kind of react to now you're kind of global in notoriety rather than just the big kid on campus. Right. (laughs) Yeah, it depended on the person. I mean, my best friends were very supportive and just there for me, which was nice. But some people didn't take it well. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was jealousy or if like thinking I didn't deserve it, which honestly, I probably didn't deserve mm-hmm. it. I didn't try to. But there was like rumors that I had paid a bunch of money to get my video shared. And really, I had no control over anything that had happened. So that kind of hurt because I was like, I didn't try you to pay a lot of money to get 13 and a half million views. Don't yeah. You? yeah. I don't even know how to do that. I don't even want to think about how to do that. Right. But I mean, I think the people who reacted the worst to it were the friends I had who did well in school. They were in every club. They got great grades. They had spent their whole life trying to gain recognition and like win awards at school. Yeah, and then they worked sudden, hard and here all of a sudden right, in one week. I didn't do anything you, and yeah. I'm getting all you, you this. You post this little video right. on a on a funny tuned piano. Right. You know, serendipity works that way though. Right. There are times when opportunity comes to us mm-hmm. and it's not of our own making. Right. But what you did do Right. is you put your talent out there, even if it was in raw form. And this is right. one of the things that we've talked about on this podcast, Armin, mm-hmm. is how important it is if you're going to do something, as G.K. Chesterton said, at least do it poorly. You know, <laughs> And I'm not saying what you did was poor, right. but you, as you said earlier, you know, had you known, yeah. you probably would have packaged it up a little bit right. better. But the fact of the matter is that didn't stop anything. Right. And I think, honestly, we live in a world that is very pre-packaged and like everything's done up nice and airbrushed and perfect and i think for people to see wow this is raw this is authentic it's authentic yeah i think that was very relatable for people well and especially a song as meaningful as his daughter is yeah absolutely it was something that i think a lot of people it meant them where they were at and where they needed to hear it 
But I mean, not everyone's response to what happened was negative. There was a lot of people who never spoke to me and then all of a sudden wanted to be my friend. Of course. And there's a lot of people, it wasn't so much negative. They just gave me a lot of attention and I had gotten attention for a few things. Like I was pretty well known in my school. I was pretty well known at my church, but it was never to this extreme and it changed everything. I woke up and I was the same person that I was the day before and everyone else was treating me differently. So, so that was that, a lot to take in. At that, Yeah, sure it is. And at that time, you were getting set to graduate, right, mm-hmm. from high school. And your plan was right. to do what? Well, my plan was to go to college in the fall. I was planning on attending North Central University on a full ride scholarship that I had gotten. So I was like super excited about that. I felt very honored that... I was going to get to go there and pursue a career working with youth. And I mean, I loved music, but I didn't have any intention of making that a career. Mm -hmm. At least not at that point in my life, because I was so new and so raw. I knew how to play four chords on the piano and I had written two songs. Mm -hmm. So to me, it was like, okay, yeah, maybe someday I could do something with this, but... So I'm just curious now, his daughter is like the four chords you know how to play on the piano? Oh, that was the four chords I knew how to play. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. And it's so funny because literally I was like, I want to write songs, so I should probably learn how to play an instrument. And I went and we had a guitar at my house. And so I went and sat down with the guitar. And the now, wait first... a minute. When was this when you decided you oh, wanted to? Oh, gosh. Uh, I think... Maybe like a year before I put up his daughter. Okay. So um, so you've been really practicing hard oh, at learning how to play an instrument for a whole year. Right. Well, <laughs> no, here's the thing is I went I went and I decided, okay, I'm going to learn how to play guitar. And the first string I tuned broke. And so I was like, okay, just kidding. I'm not going to learn how to play guitar. And then a few months later, I was like, oh, piano. Okay, I could try piano. I don't think I can break a piano if I'm that bad and learned four simple chords and got inspired wrote his daughter and then end of my senior year i put it up and just don't ask to play it in a different key right oh my gosh yes (laughs) well seriously like i remember going on good morning america and i knew i was gonna have to play his daughter which was fine i played it a bunch of times at the piano and then like the week before I went up there, they sent an email and we're like, and we also want you to play two other songs and sing during our like intro and outro. And I was like, I don't, I don't know how to play any other songs. This is the only song. And so I was like scrambling and trying to figure out like what other songs there were in the four chords that I knew how to Happy play. Happy birthday and to you. I think I, learned, yeah, I think I learned like two new chords and I learned just enough of the songs to like feel semi-confident, but it was the most nerve-wracking experience because I was like, all of America thinks I'm this singer-songwriter at the piano, and I'm like a big phony. I only know how to play one song that I wrote. And yeah, it was definitely, oh man, wrestling with myself, just kind of feeling not good enough and like not deserving at all, but... I guess I kind of had to come to a point where I accepted, you know what, maybe I don't deserve this, but it's not about me deserving this. It's about how I use this to mm. serve other people and to serve this world. And I think that mind shift helped me so much with accepting the role that had been given to me and the opportunity that had been given to me rather than thinking, I don't deserve this. I'm not good enough. It was like, okay, okay how can I use this to impact people and 
make uh-huh. a difference because that's what I want to do no matter what I do. Yeah, you know? that's awesome. You know, that's an illustration of what we talked about last week, Armin, about how to rise above any circumstance. She's, right. She saw a choice. I, I've got Good Morning America. I can stick to, I've got one song. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's all I got. Or I can choose to, you know, learn something more and put it out there even though it's raw and risky and all mm-hmm. the rest. And that's yeah. awesome. I'm really impressed with how mature you are for your age. I mean, you're already more <laughs> mature than I am, which doesn't take much. But oh, you know what? Uh, the that. thing I'm actually curious about is a lot of us have this mentality that the grass is greener on the other side, right? Mm-hmm. Especially when I, I remember mm-hmm. being a teenager, uh, you know, fame, fortune, that's what you want, right? Right. But you so often miss the beauty of what's right in front of you in a right. quote-unquote normal life. Absolutely. So for you, what do you think was some of the beauty of normal life that you missed mm. that before getting into the viral sensation side of your yeah. life? Yeah, I think part of it, just at least where I'm at in life, most 19-year-olds, people are okay with them not knowing what they're doing in the next year of their life. They're like, <laughs> right. oh, you're 19. You'll yeah, you go figure it most, out, right? Most mm-hmm. people my age are still undeclared and they're in college, like living it up, just having a good time. Right. And <laughs> Molly, I feel that way at 56. So. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's changed. Uh, yeah. And anytime someone talks to me, they're like, oh, so when are you going to have an album out? When are you going to do this? When are you going to go on tour? And I think... It's hard sometimes. I have to like remind myself, okay, I'm only 19. I can take this one step at a time. Exactly. And, yeah. But it's hard when you have people constantly telling you. Yeah, so you the pressure feels what... more, right? Because oh, now right. you're like having Absolutely. to. A, a normal 19 year old is not asked those kinds of high no. productive. When are you going to have something meaningful right, right, to show exactly. for like what you're when, doing? And, and then you feel all this pressure of, oh my gosh, what if I put out music and it it doesn't do well at all. And I fail everyone who's been right. expecting me to do all, or even the opposite fear of that of, okay, what if I'd put out this music and it does really well and then my life will be even more not normal than it already is? <laughs> because where I am right now, it's like the lowest level of fame and whatever possible. Sure, you know, sure. like my video has 13 million views. Well, Justin Bieber's videos have like, hundreds of millions of views you know and yeah but you're um, prettier than justin bieber thank you (laughs) (laughs) but just just knowing okay wow my life's changed so much already if my music stuff does do well how much more is it going to change and that's a scary thought and there's a lot of fears that you have to kind of put aside Mm. and just for me trusting god and focus each day on the task in front of me and not get too caught up with, okay, what's going to happen when this happens? Or what am I going to do if this happens? Because you have a lot of people speaking that into your life. So I would say the pressure, I miss I miss not having all the pressure from everyone. Right. Maybe even just being able to trust people and not have so much paranoia of why okay, yeah well, right why are I mean, they reaching out to me right now right yeah. and even the semester i was at north central the one semester i was at north central <laughs> there was a lot of people who they would reach out to me and they seemed so friendly and kind and then i would find out later that there was a hidden motive there and mm. that was so hard for me because most of the time a normal quote unquote normal 18 year old i was 18 at the time coming into college you're meeting everyone for the first time and they're meeting you for the first time. Hmm. And all of a sudden, okay, all these people already know who I am. So I don't know if I'm meeting the real them. Oh wow! And it creates a lot of paranoia. It makes you not want to form relationships with people because you have this fear that 
they just want to be friends with you because of what you have rather than who you are. So I think that first, man, probably like the first six months after all of my music stuff happened, I really struggled with isolating myself and Mm -hmm. just not wanting to be around people or make new relationships or form new friends just because I felt like no one really wanted to know who I was. They just wanted to know what I was doing with music. Mm-hmm. That was the first question I heard out of everyone's mouth is, oh, how's your music? What? And wow. it just got, it got very, I don't know, you just feel like people only see you for that. Mm. And it gave me a lot of respect and empathy for people who are in very famous or like they're in the limelight or they're in... Sure, sure. Um, those spots where people only see them as that thing. And I'm sure that it can get very wearing. Yeah. Well, the pro- part of the problem with media culture is when it, because it's one, it's one way, right. And right. you're singing mm-hmm. to an audience mm-hmm. through YouTube or, or an actor is performing on right. a film that right. people watch. Right. You think, you know, the person, right. but you, that's not a relationship though, right. because a relationship is oh formed one to one, right? Yeah. It is, it, it's, it's, and it's bi-directional. Right. But oftentimes if you're seen, people think they, they know who you are. And I mean, we have a culture of where people are literally able to follow you. Mm-hmm. And so right. you have these followers, I have followers on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. And when someone's your follower, they feel like they are like a part of everything. Yeah, they're walking with you, right? right? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, there's people who they would call themselves like my diehard fans. They've been, they've known who I was from the beginning of my song and yet I have no idea who they are. Mm -hmm. And from someone who I really, I value personal relationships with people, that's really hard when I meet these people and I have no connection to them and there's not really a healthy way for me to have a connection with them. Mm-hmm. And so those relationships with my family and friends that I know are real, that were there before all my music stuff, those are some of the most valuable things mm-hmm. in the world to me. So you had a huge kind of very fast pivot from yeah. being, a, you use the word normal, a yeah. normal teenager. Yeah, what is in, normal? In, yeah, I know, but I think <laughs> yeah. we kind of all get the picture there. Pretty you know, average, just small, average town small town girl in Austin, yeah. Minnesota, to now being more on the national stage. And you right. mentioned just a few minutes ago that you had one semester at North yeah. Central College. And I'm curious what the evaluation process was for you to decide, I'm not going to continue that path because that was a path that you were on before. And yeah. It's a very traditional path. I yeah. go from high school, go into college, and you took now a non-traditional path. Right. And I want to have you reflect on that for a minute. Yeah, it was a long, long process. I remember when I first had the thought of, oh my gosh, I don't want to be in college. I felt like guilty and selfish, almost like, okay, Molly, like you got a good scholarship to come here. Your parents like helped you move in. You said you were going to take this step of life. You've already told everyone I'm going to do college and try to make music and college work at the same time. It's really selfish of you to just go do music and Mm -hmm. leave all of that behind. And so I kind of just like hid that thought away. And I was like, no, I just need to like stick through this and suck it up. And every single day was such a struggle to get out of bed my professors were great my friends there were good the classes were good the chapel was good everything about the college was great I just felt like my heart was somewhere else and I was just this like shell of a body in a life that I wasn't supposed to be in Hmm. and I think 
I'm trying to think. I don't remember who the first person I mentioned it to. Like, I don't know if I should be here was. But I went to several different mentors of mine. And then I went to my parents. And I was so afraid to go to my parents because my mom was the biggest push to you have to go to college. Like, this was your next step. She was very, like, adamant about that. And so I was like, great. I'm going to go to my mom and whatever. And she's going to be angry at me and tell me. But I just went to her anyway. And I said, Mom, I've prayed about this. And I don't feel at peace about being here. And she just stopped. And she's like, actually, I've kind of felt that too. I felt Mm. like maybe this isn't the best step for you. And that to hear that from my mom was a huge like, okay, wow, that's a confirmation. And then I went and I spoke with the vice president of North Central and sat down with him. And he completely understood he was like molly we understand your situation and this is something this is an opportunity that you may not have by the time you finish college and if it's too hard to make both of them work your scholarship will be waiting here for you if you ever decide to come back wow just was extremely supportive of me he's like we're supporting you in this so that was great and so i made that decision and Kind of like I felt like it was the right decision, but there was still part of me that was like, okay, this is kind of scary. And then three months after I stopped going to North Central, I signed with a record label. But those three months where I had stopped going to North Central and I hadn't signed yet were probably like the worst three months (laughs) because literally I was doing nothing with my life or at, that, at least that's what I felt like. And right. every single day I just literally felt like my life was worthless and mm. like, what's the point? And wow. everyone thinks I'm late when people would ask, Oh, like what have you been doing? And all I can say, Oh, just writing when, when someone isn't a writer and even me, I, I was so new to songwriting. Like even me, I felt like I was just wasting my time and not really doing anything real. Because it's not a traditional job no. that's defined by eight to five and you right, show up and, right. and people can give you accolades or affirmation right. or whatever. It's a very non-traditional path that you've right. taken. That's what it's fascinating me. That's why you're here because we yeah. want our audience yeah. to kind of hear some of that story. Now, oh, there's probably word. a number of people. I mean, the thread that I'm hearing yeah. from what you've said is that you have, at least over the last year and a half, I don't know much about what you, where that path was before that, but at least over the last year and a half, you've consistently chosen to kind of put yourself out there, take a risk, mm-hmm. and see where it goes. Yeah. And for those who are, those are our listeners who might be wrestling with where they go, right. where maybe they have a song in them. It might not be an actual song. Right. It might be a book. It might be some other expression that they need to put out there. What kind of advice, what did you learn that you might give them as a piece of advice? I guess to me, at least in art forms, like in writing or those type of things, you can feel like what you're doing is wasteful because it's hard to compare that to a, like you said, like an eight to five job or whatever. But I think to inspire and to be inspired, you need to have those times that may seem or may feel kind of wasteful in the moment, but then the result is something incredible, you know? And as long as 
you know that what you're doing serves a purpose. It like if you're just doing it just like, oh, okay, this like none none of this matters. I'm never gonna put this anywhere. But for me, I think that's what kind of kept me going is okay, I'm doing this regardless of what other people's thoughts may be, regardless of my own like insecurities or doubts, I know this is what I was put on this earth to do. And mm. there's something inside of you, I think, when you find like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do that Besides all that stuff, you feel very confident in that decision of what that's supposed to be. Whether you act on it or not is a different story. But I knew like, okay, if I stay with this, like this will be good because this is what I'm supposed to do. And yeah, surrounding yourself with people who support you, I think is also very important. In those three months when I wasn't at North Central and I hadn't signed yet, I was by myself a lot and I think that really added to the fe- like the depressing thoughts <laughs> and just like the feelings of oh my gosh my life is worth nothing right. because you have no one speaking into you Molly I'm yeah. I'm amazed in in 2 minutes this last summary of what you've learned She's really encapsulated 87 episodes of the Reinvention oh. Me podcast. <laughs> well, hey. <It's> true. <laughs> right? I'm I mean, actually secretly your guys' biggest fan. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's true. That's probably one of the best decisions I've made in the last year is finding people who can be mentors to me and speak mm-hmm. into my life. And then, like you said, taking those risks and focusing on, okay, why am I doing this? And remembering the the feelings and emotions you feel when you're when you accomplish something. Like I just right. finished writing a song a few days ago, and the few weeks leading up to that, I had started some songs, but I hadn't finished any, and I was just feeling kind of like, "Ugh, I'm a bad songwriter," whatever. And the other day, I just sat down and. Honestly, I had no idea what I was going to do when I sat down at the piano, but I just made myself sit there and all of a sudden I just felt inspired and I wrote an entire song and it was just that feeling of, okay, yes, I can do this. But sometimes that means me not just waiting around until I feel inspired. It means me taking the step to push through that and taking the experiences and the emotions I feel to make something beautiful that can inspire someone else. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, Molly, I want to thank you for the time that you've spent with us on the show. A lot of of fun to see what's... (laughs) what's happened in your life over the last year and a half. And I know that God's got some big things in store for you and a lot of fun to see all that unfold. That's all the time we have, unfortunately. We're going to have to have you on again because I'm sure (laughs) Sure. you've got some more stuff that you could probably share with us. But we will have the show notes available at reinventure.me slash 88. And I would love for you to leave a question for Molly if you have one. Perhaps you'd be willing to answer some of the questions that come in on the show. So either leave a question on our Facebook page or on our show notes at reinventure.me slash 88. So leave a question either on our Facebook page or on our website or call our show line at 612-314-5447. Of course, Armin and I are here too. Uh, so if you want to ask us a question, uh, we, we, we'd be happy to receive that as well. But for Larry Gates and Armina Sadi and Molly Kessner, we're saying so long and we'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armina Sadi. 